A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, but others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered him, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then Jesus sternly ordered the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. The Gospel of the Lord. Caesarea Philippi, which stood in a lush area near the foot of Mount Hermon, became the religious center for worship of the Greek god Pan. Years later, when Romans conquered the territory, Herod Philip rebuilt the city and named it after himself. But Caesarea Philippi continued to focus on worship of Greek gods. When Jesus brought his disciples to the area, they must have been shocked. Caesarea Philippi was like a red-light district in their world, and devout Jews would have avoided any contact with the despicable acts committed there. We get the word panic from this frightful god, Pan. Pan had a thirst for carnal pleasure, and once chased a nymph named Syrinx, who turned herself into a stand of marsh reeds. Well, that's what the myth says. So Pan made a flute from the reeds, and that's how the Pan Pipe got its name. It's also why the Walt Disney character Peter Pan plays the flute. To the pagan mind, the cave and spring water at Caesarea Philippi created a gate into the underworld. They believed that their city was literally at the gates of the underworld, the gates of Hades. Standing near the pagan temples of Caesarea Philippi, Jesus asked his disciples, Who do you say that I am? Peter boldly replied, You are the Son of the living God. The disciples were probably stirred by the contrast between Jesus, the true and living God, and the false hopes of the pagans who trusted in the gods of death. Jesus continued, You are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Standing as they were at a literal gate of Hades, the disciples may have been overwhelmed by Jesus' challenge. Announcing the kingdom of God at the heart of a Roman city named after the emperor is reminiscent of the Magi in Matthew's Gospel showing up in Jerusalem 
and asking the current king, Herod, if he had any information about the newborn king of the Jews. Of course, the empire is going to strike back. The gates of the netherworld will not prevail against you doesn't mean they won't try. Any encounter with Christ changes us. Jesus gives Simon a new name, Peter, Kephas in Aramaic, Rock, inviting Peter to discover a new identity as the rock on which Jesus will build the church. As Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on rock. We might think of this rock as a sign of strength and stability. But in the parable of the sower, the disciples are often seen as the rocky ground on which some of the seed falls. The seed sprouts quickly, but since it has no roots, it quickly begins to wither and die. Notice Jesus also calls Simon the son of Jonah. Jonah was the one who went the other way when God sent him to preach to the Ninevites, who are Gentiles. Jonah is then swallowed up by a great fish who kept him in his belly for three days before spitting him up on the shores of Nineveh. Jesus has just encountered the Canaanite woman, fed 4,000 Gentiles in the wilderness, and is now in the very heart of Gentile territory at Caesarea Philippi. But Peter, like Jonah, will resist this mission to the Gentiles. In the Acts of the Apostles, shortly after Pentecost, Peter had a dream on the roof. Sheets are lowered down three times with all the creatures of the earth in them. And Peter is told, take and eat. And like a good Jew, he says, God forbid that I should allow anything impure or profane to pass my lips. And three times, God says to Peter, Do not call impure and profane that which I call clean. Three times. And then, after the third time, while he's puzzling, a voice rings out. It's like deja vu all over again for Peter. There had been another time when he'd tried three times to deny something, and a voice had rung out. The Greek word when the cock crows is exactly the same verb when the servants of Cornelius cry out in the Acts of the Apostles. Those three refusals correspond to those three denials. He's betraying, trying to keep himself good. He's refusing, trying to keep himself good. But on his way to Cornelius, Peter starts to realize that God shows no partiality. And when he gets to Cornelius' house, he makes the first infallible papal pronouncement, you shall call no human impure or unclean, or rather, my God has told me not to call any human impure or unclean. And with that, he opens heaven to the Gentiles, which is the proper exercise of the Petrine power of the keys. The only time the word church is used in the four Gospels 
is in today's gospel when Jesus tells Peter, on this rock, I will build my church. Matthew's gospel, like all the gospels, was written in Greek. And that word church is a translation of the word ekklesia, which comes from two Greek words, ek and kaleo. Ek is a preposition meaning out of, and kaleo is a verb meaning to be called. To be a member of the church is to be called out of. And what we are called out of is what our normal agenda would be if we weren't conscripted by our baptism and by the demands of discipleship. Love is baptismal. Immediately upon confessing it, our freedom is derailed, and painful though it may be, we are taken by conscription to a place where we could not go on our own. If we want freedom from being pulled around by the world, then we have to accept being bound and led by Christ. Yet this very binding might also prove to be the binding up of our wounds.